and welcome to the coach, the counselor, and the spiritual director. I'm Dawn Bird. I am the coach, and I'm joined by two good friends, Trisha Taylor and Marcos Leon. Trisha is our counselor, and Marcos is our spiritual director. Although I will say Marcos does all three, and Trisha is also a coach. So um, we are in a series on the family of origin, and this is our fourth conversation. We will continue with one more conversation about this one, and that will be our last one. This has been a lot of fun, and it's been good to be with you guys. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, it has been a lot of fun. I have looked forward to these conversations and yeah, doing well today. Yes, me too, Don. Thank you for creating the space of, of the conversation and actually focusing a lot in the stories because it has been very life-giving, even to remember. Yeah, good. Same for me. Same for me. Help me continue my work. So t- today we're we're going to talk a little bit more about what we talked about in the first couple sessions, which is... The basically, I'll give a quick review, but the three steps that you take when you do family of origin work. The first is to observe your family. The second is to observe yourself. And then the third is to decide if you'd like to take on being different. And as we as, as we think about that, about those three steps, um, we're if, if you guys are willing, I'd like you to share your, you know, just a slice of your stories as you did that. But before we do that, if someone's listening and they're thinking, gosh, I think maybe I want to start this work. I want to start this work. Um, but before before I ask you even this question, I would say that I, I think we're both, or we're all three pretty convinced that doing this work with someone else is pretty important. Um, that there's it that it's challenging to navigate the circumstances as you take this on. Um, oftentimes we need someone to help us process the pain and then the accountability of just staying with the work. I can't tell you how many times people have said, I made contact, I made that phone call because I knew you and I were going to be meeting. And it's not a rigid legalistic kind of accountability, but it's just acknowledging that. This stuff is, it's hard and we're doing things maybe we've never done before. And so it's a loving way of someone walking alongside you. So in one way, we're, we're going to share with you if you want to start engaging this. And we're also saying at the same time, you may really want to consider doing this with someone else. So as you do, as you engage this work, as we have engaged this work, the first step that I mentioned was, how do we, like, what do we look for? What? When I go home and you say, observe, notice, what am I actually looking for when I'm doing that? Yeah, I think um, that is probably the biggest part of the work. And it's not immediately clear exactly what we're supposed to be doing. And I've heard people say, you know, go back and pretend like you're a journalist or pretend like you're an anthropologist. You know, in other words, step far enough out of the system that you're not all caught up in the emotions and just watch. But some of the things that we watch for, I mean, I think we're looking for what's happening who's doing what, um, what happens when, um, you know, some of it, we think we've seen it happen so often, we know exactly what's going on. But if we look 
and slow it down in our minds and watch. We'll see some new things. I've heard um, it said to look for who, what, where, and when. Somehow, know why. In other words, don't try to look for what somebody's motive is or what they're thinking or feeling. Just look to see what's actually happening. Yeah. yeah. Marcus, what would you add yeah. to that? Yeah, I think that's good. And <clears throat> so this this will add, uh, actually, I, I believe, and I'm just talking about my experience with how I will do it, if I will have to do it again, which is a tricky question, but... Um, I think that uh, in the family, right? That's the context of the question. What I'm looking for in the family. So I will start with, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the fact that, you know, what is not working. It, and it sounds very, very silly, but this is not effective. This is this is sucking life. This is this is separating. You know, uh, what is not working. And and the way that I, I put it in is, is, so what are those roles? That, you know, those patterns of, of things that I see, you know, I, I remember telling you the story later, but always the role of, of, of a rescuer, you know, that is the role always. And ah, I noticed that pattern. So that's, I, I'm finding that. And I will look for places where I notice that difference. Uh, this is not only the family, but me in the family, right? But I am not being quite really want to be, you know, I have this memory Oh my gosh! Why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why did I say yes when I wanted to say no and stuff like that? And I get to notice some of that also in family, right? So I see my dad coming to this place when there is a role more powerful than you know what I know him uh, wanting to be. So roles, right? Patterns and and fusion and that, that's a bigger term right fusion we, we we stop being ourselves that's what i will add to to it yeah really good i, I like both of that and any maybe on a more granular level um we could look for like what dynamics change when um certain people are present or not present um who that's does good. most of the talking who's mostly quiet yeah. What is talked about? What isn't talked about? Yeah. Um, just some of those little th- things that are that are going on. Yeah, um, that's I definitely like, more grand. Yeah, I, I yeah, like to ahead. add. Don, just the, what you say, uh, or, or it was Trisha. I forget. You know, slowing, slowing it oh, down, and, and look kind of the facts. You know, like if you will have to describe what what can be captured in a in a in a camera. So that's kind of the facts and. I believe that it's important also uh, to to know uh, that you never see it immediately. I mean, that takes a lot of work, but you see it kind of in feed walking. We talk about the rear view mirror, right? So it's after the fact. So sometimes it's not what I look in that moment, right, with my pen and a journalist, but it is when oh, after the breakdown or the whatever it's icy down in my place in a prayerful, you know, sense of calm, sense of awareness, I go back to say, what happened? Who say that? Who did that? And, and I see more after the fact than doing the fact. Just think that's important. Yeah. And if we see our families mostly on holidays, it may be like all holidays in a full year before we get a real sense of even what's going on. Yeah, this and I because I didn't have any like distinct memories. It felt like something that happened over time, like over years even. So we certainly don't want to paint the picture of you, you know, you go home and then you, you know, you just you just do this just perfectly. You observe, like even becoming an observer takes some 
talent and some, you know, some, some kind of persistence. So what about, uh, what about what you want to watch for in yourself? Anything that you would add to what we just talked about, noticing and observing yourself? Yeah, that's the fallacy of trying to be, I, I think it is useful to try to be a journalist or an anthropologist, but it, it forgets that we're also part of the family and our being there has an impact on the family, right? So we also have to look at ourselves. And yeah, looking looking internally to see when am I vibrating inside? You know, when can I just feel myself getting um, stirred up or agitated? Um, when am I getting frustrated? When am I getting judgmental, right? Just noticing when are the times when I either want to move towards something and to confront it or fix it? When are the times that I want to get away from something? When I decide, you know, I'm going to wander to the back of the house where no one is, what's going on right before I decide that? You know, those kinds of things. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, not, not much to add to it. Uh, the way the language, and this is paid walking language, again, that has been helpful for me is in those moments when I, discover myself I catch myself and this is after the fact okay <laughs> saying what I didn't want to say or not saying what I really want to say. I really want to say I love you but I didn't what happened or when I did something I didn't want to do or I didn't do something that I wanted to do it sounds it's very helpful behavior and things and um you know what is is taking this this life out of me Something that I remember was very helpful at some point is when uh, Julie and I were dating, right? And obviously, I am with Julie, my wife, in, in a specific way. And when we went to visit my mom and my dad before, I remember how awesome was the feedback. I mean, you have to be open to it, right? But asking Julie to help uh, help me see myself, you know, what did you notice? And actually, she is... Other people who are not fused, not in the system fully, totally, can see with a lot of clarity what we cannot see, right? Unless we're in a Zoom meeting, we cannot see our faces, right? <laughs> so we can. But, uh, you know, some being open also, I, I will add that to, to the feedback. Maybe not necessarily only of the family who is the system, but somebody who, who we trust and who knows us. And how did I change, right? Yeah, I like that. What would you say about what and um, how to notice yourself? Yeah, I think I think everything you guys said, and I just recognized that that there had to be some humility in me as I went back. That I wasn't the one who had it all together. Um, particularly as I looked at my my mom, like I was pretty pretty hard on her, pretty judgmental, and um, yeah, that that I needed to know. Or, see that like I was part of this, like you said, Tricia. And um, yeah, that I had to be really honest with myself. And I say same situation as you, Marcos. I thought I was in a situation that I thought I handled really well. And I was even bragging to my husband about how well I handled it. And he was like, I don't know if you want to know this, but, and he was right behind me and heard it all. And basically said, that's not how you said that to your mom. Ooh. I was like, yeah, because I would, I mean, I was bragging uh -huh. and, and, um, and then I, my son was also there and I asked him and he's like, no mom, I think dad's right. And that was kind of like, yeah, I had to go clean that up with my mom. So 
um, yeah, very, very different how I saw myself than than I, I think what I how I truly came across. Mm, that's a great example. Yeah, I'd love to hear each of your stories just as you yeah as you went back and again so everybody knows this is just like what we're remembering these are just just slices of the work that we've done so what you remember when you first started noticing what did you notice about yourself and then you know what how did, how did you try to to be different marcos would you would you mind sharing first yeah yeah of course yeah so um I, I, this is this is the story that comes to mind right now for me, um, and probably just the context. If you haven't heard of the previous conversations that we had, uh, my family was pretty fused, you know, pretty like I, I would say the, the Italian mafia, right? The business of the family was the most important member of the family, and financially uh, fused. So I didn't have a, a, a personal credit card. All my, you know, living, I lived in the hotel with my family. That was the business of the family. So anyway, so the memory uh, after I talk a little bit with my dad, and I have to admit that I was not in, I didn't know that I was doing family report, right? Um, this is another good, good work, I believe, of the impact of faith walking in me. I was doing faith walking work. Right, but I was not aware of the language of family of origin uh, work and stuff like that. But I have noticed in me stuff, right? And I have a time of separation. And, and one time, my dad came back, came here to the states, and there were some problems with the business, right? And the three sons, we had three boys, right? And, and parents that uh, were were separated at that time had a meeting in my mom's in Chicago. And and the meeting was about the business. So talk about it, right? So here we are. I'm thousands of miles away, and I'm not there. But you know, this is coming to me, right? And ah, the anxiety of of uh, that that was the first thing. You know, this noticing of, of of the anxiety of this conversation. The business needs some help or whatever decisions we need to make. My parents were, were, were separated and so the other things. But I remember very clearly uh, just noticing that how hard it was for me to come to this conversation because I kind of knew the things. And I remember the roles, you know. My role was to be the, the, the manager, right? And the, 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 the one, the wisdom whatever the, the convener by the way I, i'm on a nine in the enneagram i those who know the enneagram so it is pretty easy to see everybody's perspective what is hard is to be myself right that's that is the the blessing and the curse of this and i remember sitting very vividly in, in the living room and just listening and it was very predictable but i i noticed that yeah what are we gonna do what are we going to do? We need to do that. The, the family, the business, the, the, the legacy, the, you know. And I remember at some point with some level of even anger, that was more a reaction. It was good. If, if you follow the Enneagram, you can call it also, uh, call it, how do you call it, right action. <laughs> it was a moment, one of the few moments of right action in me. They say, you know, this is not working. And that's my way of being different. I decided uh, I didn't get uh, to activated I didn't raise my voice but I say I say this mom and dad the business is yours you started it you make it grow we all are 
grateful for what we receive, but this is not ours. It is yours. It is under your name. You are the ones who started it. I think that you need to decide what to do with it. And uh, it has to be your decision. I can, and I say something like, I, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to try to tell you what you should do. I remember I was a little bit, you know, feeling the, the vibration trembling. And I say, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go outside for a moment and I'm going to let you talk about it. And I will be happy to come back and be with you. So it was sort of right action. So I stood up <laughs> and I love you. Okay. And I left the room. That was completely not me. It was being different. They look at me. Nobody, nobody did anything uh, reactive. But uh, a few minutes, a minute or so after, my two brothers joined me outside. So they somehow, and everybody, the three of us were okay. And, and I just say, remember saying, you know, we cannot keep doing this. My parents talked for, for about an hour and, and eventually we came back together. But I remember that something shifted. It was not perfect, but the roles were there. I was coming to the rescue once again. And all of us have to have an opinion and a role. And I, I don't know, I, it sounds so perfect, but I didn't really think. Uh, I mean, it was more the grace of God, right, in, in, into this aspect. And I have done work on myself before trophy walking that I, I guess is what gave me the capacity. So th there you have, I, I was looking, I, when I look in my family, is this this pattern? You know, this is not working. Here we are again, you know, rescuing one another. What I, I saw in me is, is I cannot do this anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. What I'm doing, this, you know, what's what's forcing me to do that? And and the, the being different is uh, something that is really hard for an a nine in the Enneagram is still hard for me and still working at it. He's saying what is so for me without yelling it or without fixing it and making it, saying, no, this is what is so for me. And, and I love you. It's, it's, it's an ambivalence that sometimes, not ambivalence, it's kind of attention of saying, I love you and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> right? I love you and I can be myself. And most of it, for me, it was really hard to have. If I love you, I have to do it for you. Right? And if I don't love you, I'm gonna uh, isolate. I'm gonna distance from you because it's, you know, I was very polarized in that. That was a moment when I was able to say, I love you, and I'm gonna do it. And that was really helpful. So that's my story. Great, thanks, Marcos. How about you, Trisha? I think when I, I've shared a couple of stories about starting to do this work before I even knew that's what I was doing. But I think when I got intentional about it, um, the first thing I think was that I worked pretty hard on a family diagram, right? I started um, just getting it down on paper. Who are the players? Where did, where were they? What happened to them? You know, and my daughter and I worked on some of that together. I actually put my family diagram in our book, The Leader's Journey. And I've done the family diagram several times because every time I do it, you know, I get something new from it. And that's a great way to be curious, right? To just see, um, it's easy to be curious when it's all down on paper and I'm not actually dealing with real people. <laughs> and so um, that was a starting place for me in terms of being curious. And my daughter was the one who really was able to, to start to put language to 
um, being able to see trends in our family and then see how it impacted our generations. And, you know, I remember one time she was looking at my grandmother's family and she just said, you know, we come from a long line of strong women. And that was just something that she noticed. She was right. And, but she was able to bring it into our generation. And I know that that shaped her. And so, um, you know, that part is easier to be curious about. One of the things I would have said as I started that work is that we were a close family. Um, and what I started to see was we are a loving family, but we excel at distance. And um, I started this work right after losing one of my grandmothers and being able to see the, the trend in our family is toward distance and the trend in my life is toward distance just because I get busy, I'm doing my thing, I'm not paying attention. And I had not been present in her, at the end of her life as I wished I had. And so I noticed that. I noticed that that was my propensity. And so um, for the, for the um, I have six grandparents, and for the end of each of their lives, I was able to be much more present, to make the trip, to have the conversation. And I remember sitting um, on the um, side of the bed just before my last grandmother died at the age of 98. This was just a few years ago. And hearing two stories I had never heard before, um, just sitting on the edge of the bed and being so glad that I paid attention before it was too late. And that was part of this work because it meant, it really meant overriding my autopilot, which was just to be busy and to not make it um, at those important times. I, I was thinking about uh, something that just happened recently. I hope it's encouraging to people to know that even when you're doing this work, you can have an experience like the one I'm about to describe. Um, just last year, um, right after we all got vaccinated and could gather again as a family, but we're still in areas with very high rates of COVID. And so there was a lot of anxiety about that and getting into a situation where I did not feel comfortable. I didn't understand why the rest of my family felt comfortable. I thought we were doing things that we had agreed not to do. And we're standing out in the parking lot and I'm getting more and more and more anxious. And um, I can feel myself vibrating and I can feel myself starting to get very judgmental of my family members. It was my mom, my dad, my sister, and my aunt, which is a really interesting configuration. I can't remember ever that group of people being, um, you know, standing around like that. But I was getting more and more anxious, which meant I was getting more and more angry and judgy. And eventually I just walked away and then somebody, you know, I came back, but it was obviously something was wrong and somebody had to pull that out of me. And then we had to figure out, you know, everybody started taking care of me and, you know, let's make other plans. And, you know, now I'm crying and I don't want to be crying. And it feels like the whole night has just, you know, been ruined. And, you know, we ended up somewhere else and it was great. But I did what Marcus just said. I looked in the rearview mirror to see what on earth happened there. And I was able to see a few things. One thing I could see is that at the moment, I couldn't be curious. 
Like I couldn't get myself to settle down and just watch. I was too hooked. And one of the things I realized was that I had had a phone call just that morning that a client of mine was going to die that day or the next day of COVID. And that I wasn't even aware that that was in my emotional field, you know, as all of this was happening, but clearly in retrospect, it was. And being able to see that and to get curious was helpful. But I was able to see how hard it was for me to say what I wanted. Why could I not just say, hey, I don't feel comfortable here. Let's do something else. Why did I have to, you know, act out that whole drama instead of just saying, this is what I would like to do, or this is what I would feel comfortable with. And I thought about what a trend that is, not only for me and my family, but I come by it, honestly, you know, I think I get that mostly from my mom. And then I was able to see how hard my mom was working to create a memory, to do something that would be special for everyone, even though it meant, you know, doing some things that we had said we weren't going to do. And then all my judgmental spirit went away. I was able to see her as a mom. I was able to think of all the times I, as a mom, have wanted to do special things for my kids and it's gone wrong or I've tried too hard, right? And and then I was able to process some of this with my dad, who's not a real touchy-feely guy. But, you know, he put his arm around me and I just cried. And I'm 57 years old. It had been a long time since I had just, you know, had that kind of embrace from my dad. He comforted me really deeply. And um, and I was able to say to him, I'm sorry I didn't just say what I wanted. I'm sorry I, you know, let it get to this point. But the reality was when it was over, it was okay. And I was able to um, make a decision. I'm going to try saying what I, what I want. And I got a chance to practice that at Christmas. And I asked for something that I knew was not going to make people happy. Um, I asked for my family to stay in a hotel over Christmas. And we did that. And we weathered the vibrating in the family. And everything was absolutely fine. And so um, still still learning to practice that. But that, that happened just very recently. And um, I'm still trying to be curious about what all was going on there. Mm, thanks. I love that story. Yeah. So for, for me, um, yeah, I think I, um, what I noticed first in my family was that I, um, we did a lot of joking and teasing. I noticed that. And I was curious, are we covering up some pain? Is that kind of how we deal with pain? Um, so I noticed that within my siblings, what I noticed, um, yeah, I mostly noticed that I noticed we weren't very helpful with my mom when we all came home, like we'd all just talk and she was busy in the kitchen. Um, so I didn't have any big, like, take homes about like all the family dynamics. What I did notice about myself was how much I shut down when I was with my mom, how much wounding I had around being her confidant and that I really would, if, if in any way I felt like she wasn't listening or she hijacked the conversation, I just immediately shut down. And um, that was just my autopilot. I didn't 
plan to do that. I didn't want to do that, but it's just what happened. And so I really had to take on taking responsibility for myself in the conversation with her. And that took, man, there were some really good moments and some really bad moments, like things I, ways I showed up just in ways, like Marco said, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that in ways that we had wonderful conversations. Um, I would say that now I'm at a place where I can choose when that happens with my mom, for the most part, I can choose whether I want to bring the conversation back to myself or am I just going to listen to her today? It's just this the day where she lives by herself. Um, this has been really hard. I'm just going to listen. And it's okay if she can't listen to me. And not that that there isn't a little, not that that's not kind of hard, but there's not pain and I'm not mad at her. And it's just a different, it is a choice now that it, that it really wasn't. Um, and sometimes I'm like, it's just a gift I'll give to her today. Um, yeah. So really good. Uh, I'd like to just wrap this up, um, by letting you know that, um, the next conversation will be our last in our series on the family of origin. And, um, and, and I hope you're enjoying these stories. We're going to have some more stories for you next time as we wrap up. So good to see both of you. And I will look forward time forward to our time together next time we meet. Thank yeah, you. this is great. See you next time. Okay, thank you. Bye.